Hello and welcome to another episode of the Women of Faith in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Rika Whelan. And in today's episode, I'd like to talk to you about the six C's of workplace culture. And interestingly enough, there are a lot more words that start with a C that can relate to workplace culture. But these six are the ones that I found in my experience are the ones that you should be applying in your workplace and that'll be the most relevant for a positive workplace culture. All right, let's dive in. As Christian women in leadership, we often find ourselves struggling with the balance between implementing faith-based leadership principles and the worldly perspectives of our colleagues and team members. You once felt passionate about leadership, but have often come up against people with fixed mindsets who are unwilling to change. You feel like giving up and stepping out of your leadership role because is it really worth it? Friend, you're in the right place. Here we're not only going to talk about the challenges, we're going to tackle them head on with a faith-based approach that's both practical and empowering. So, if you're ready to transform your leadership journey, to set boundaries that make a real impact, and to create a workplace culture where both you and your team can thrive, then join me in uncovering the strategies, wisdom, and godly guidance that will lead you to success. I'm Rika Whelan, and welcome to the Woman of Faith in Leadership podcast. Together, we're going to navigate leadership with faith as our foundation. Let's get started. Grab your coffee or water, keep that notebook and pen handy, and let's jumpstart your leadership. Today I'm reading a review from ZW17. I would highly recommend this podcast to any Christian woman in leadership. It's to the point and Rika has a clear passion for what she does and talks about. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that review. And if you'd like to leave me a review, you can do that on Apple Podcast. And if you are not listening on Apple, you're listening on Spotify or any of the other apps, then you can simply actually Google Woman of Faith in Leadership Podcast Apple. And if you go in there, click the link, and then you will be able to leave me a review actually on that page. Now, you can also create an Apple ID without actually having an Apple device. So you'll need an ID to leave me a review. And I really appreciate it if you could leave me a review. I'll definitely read it out on air. But it'll also boost the podcast numbers and it will also boost the ranking, which means that the podcast can get in front of more people. And that's what I really want. I've got, I'm on a mission. I've got a calling from the Lord to spread the word about workplace culture, about leadership, and specifically about gossip. So the more, the higher it ranks, actually the more visibility the podcast gets in front of other people so it'd be really really amazing if you could leave me a review or if that's too much effort that's okay <laughs> you can leave me a five-star review on Spotify or on any of the other podcasts as well wherever you get your podcast so all right if you want to you can also join the women of faith in leadership community and you can also if you if you want to leave a review there for me to read out then definitely go on to the Women of Faith in Leadership community on Facebook and you can put hashtag review and then I'll read it out on the podcast. Now, I'd also like to welcome to the Women of Faith in Leadership community on Facebook, Rebecca and Tracy. They are our newest members. So welcome to Rebecca and Tracy. 
you are very welcome and I look forward to connecting with you both and with all the other members. If you're not a member yet, get onto it, get on Facebook and join the community. Okay, let's get into today's teaching or training. So six C's of workplace culture. Now, the first one is communication. And I've spoken a lot on this podcast about communication and the importance of communicating clearly with your team. But open and effective communication, so it needs to be both open communication but also effective communication. You can't just use communication within itself because communication can also be negative or it can be bad communication. So open and effective communication is the backbone of a healthy workplace. So it's important that leaders communicate with their teams but teams need to communicate with each other and teams need to communicate back to their leaders as well. It's, the, it's not only the exchange of information, for, but it's also the exchange of ideas and of feedback. And if you haven't listened to five ways to create a feedback culture in your workplace, please go and listen to episode 31. Okay, so it's the exchange of information, ideas, and feedback amongst team members, leaders, and in different departments. Okay, so for you to have a positive or really good workplace culture, you need open and effective communication. As part of open and effective communication, there needs to be transparency. Okay, that's where the open communication comes in, transparency. The organization really and leaders need to be open and honest about goals, challenges, decisions, and any transparency like that will really build trust between the organization and their employees because if leaders are honest with their employees about the challenges that the organization's facing or the challenges that the team might be facing at the moment and then troubleshoot that together it's a really good way for teams to build that trust amongst each other but also relationship and communication is also active listening remember communication is not only just about you talking it's about body language and the non-verbal communication as well. So you've got verbal and non-verbal communication. So there needs to be active listening, which means that every single person in the organization or in your team needs to feel like they're valued. And if, if, if they've got something to share, that they'll be heard. And again, go and listen to episode 31, where I went into a, a lot about how you can help your team to effectively listen to one another and, to, and for everybody to feel valued. Okay. Because this active listening really involves giving full attention to the speaker. And then if if clarity needs to be sought or clarity is being sought, then asking clarifying questions and then providing constructive feedback. So it's not just about you communicating well verbally and non-verbally, but also about actively listening to the other person who's now also aiming at communicating well or effective verbally and non-verbally. Okay, and then the last one is the feedback mechanism. So under communication is what channels, put channels in place, if you, but if you need to ask yourself the question, what channels are in place for my team to be able to communicate effectively with one another and, and put boundaries in place. So are we communicating about this project only verbally? Are we communicating about this project via email? Are we having verbal conversations and then following each other up with email? Is it on Teams, on Microsoft Teams? Is it on Slack? Is it on whichever platform it is? But there needs to be some form of boundary in place regarding 
the type of communication and how that will occur. And then for communication to be open, your employees need to really be to have the opportunity to provide feedback to you as a leader. And that can be through surveys, one-on-one -on -one meetings or team discussions. It's that constructive feedback that I spoke about in the last episode that will really help you and your team to move forward and so that you as a leader and you and your team cannot take everything personally, but rather work together as a team and learn that, okay, this is not personal, but it's constructive and I need to use this information to move forward and to better myself. Okay, so that was all about number one, communication. Second C, number two, is collaboration. Okay, so collaboration emphasizes working together towards common goals. Okay, so collaboration is great because we want your team to be able to work together. But what can really solidify and what can really help is if they know and if it's clear that they're working towards a common goal. Because quite often in teams, they feel like it's a competition and I need to be better than that person and I need to show my boss that I deserve the raise better than the other person. But instead of functioning as, as, as separate silos where people are just working by themselves, if a team can learn to work together towards common goals, then really you will have a really good workplace culture. It's that, that collaboration factor. Because, yes, people have different strengths. People are individual, and it's important that people have different strengths and weaknesses and are individual. But they really need to work together towards a common goal. And this can be your various departments that's working towards a common goal. The one department's not going to go and do the other department's job, no, because that's, that's not what they're there for, and that's not what they're good at but we're all working towards a common goal. So this really encourages teamwork um, and also helps people to appreciate the diverseness of the team and the diverse perspectives of the team. Because if people start learning that it's not a competition anymore, oh, actually we're working towards a common goal, then it's going to really help your team to understand and work together. So... To help your team to collaborate better, you can do some team building activities to enhance their relationships and understanding amongst each other. So team building activities, people usually hate them. Let's be honest, okay? People hate um, team building activities because they feel that they're on the spot. But what's really good about team building activities is that it puts you out of your comfort zone with the other people who you work with. And more often than not, when you're out of your comfort zone with someone, or when, when you and that person's been through a tough time, whether that's now just during a team building or not, it actually brings people closer together. And quite often, if you mix and match people in your organization into a team that would never, ever have worked together, <laughs> then that's a really good idea because then they'll work with people who they've never would have worked before. And all of a sudden, they know that, oh, wow, I didn't know that in your department you actually did that. And it just it's, res it's, it's respect across department as well. Because what I have really found in organizations is that one department disrespects another department. Why? Because they simply don't understand what the other department does. And I've actually experienced and seen this firsthand where I go from department to, to department having my departmental meetings where one department will say, have something to say about another department negatively. 
and yeah, it's 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 um it's not good because departments really need to or different teams need to respect each other because everybody has their strengths and everybody has their weaknesses, right? An IT team's not going to be expected to do the marketing and the marketing team's not going to be expected to do the IT because that's not what they're there for. So yeah, team building can be really good and be mindful that people don't just click together, the people who already know each other. It's actually quite crucial that when you do team building that people who would have never worked together, work together. <laughs> okay, so you can also encourage cross-functional projects. So that is where various or different departments work together on a project or work, they form one team. So if there's an upcoming project, for example, then you'll have one person from marketing, one person from IT, one person from finance, one person from this and one, so forth and so forth, working together on the team, giving different perspectives, because that, that's also a really good way to gain respect amongst departments. If people know, again, it's that different differences of perspectives, diversity, but also that cross-functional cross or cross-respect towards different departments okay so then the last one uh, under collaboration is the recognition of contributions so acknowledge and celebrate individual and team contributions um, which will recognize and promote a collaborative spirit so if teams can see that celebrating another team is is good it's not negative and it wasn't a competition then that will really again just solidify that whole collaboration that it's okay if that team won yes we're sad or you know it wasn't a competition so it's a good thing that that team came out on top or whatever that might look like that might that might be for example at the end of the year when you're doing your organizational rewards or awards sorry not rewards awards where one departmental team wins best team of the year or best department of the year or X, Y, and Z. And yes, friendly competition. There's absolutely nothing wrong with friendly competition. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. I actually really like a bit of friendly competition. But it's friendly competition and it's not negative and people don't get upset and people don't fight amongst each other, but they rather collaborate together. Why? Which is my first point, because they're working towards a common goal. Okay. So then number three or the third C is clarity. Okay. I have spoken about um, expectations before as well. You can go and have a look at episode eight and nine, where I spoke about setting clear expectations over those two episodes. I spoke about clear expectations. So in this, when I'm talking about expectations, then please have what I said in episode eight and nine in the back of your mind. Okay, it's very important. So when it comes to clarity, you need to ensure that your expectations your roles and your goals are clearly communicated with your team. Because when individuals actually understand what is expected of them, it reduces confusion and promotes a sense of purpose. Okay, so clarity is actually very important because people need to know why they're there. They need to know exactly what's expected of them. And if people do not understand that, then they it's, it's going to be a muzzle. People are going to be all over the show and there's going to be no productivity there's going to be no deadlines being met. There's so many things that can go wrong. And it, it's, a, it's a problem. It's definitely a problem. And it's not a problem that you want in your organization. So if you want a really good workplace culture, then make sure that people have clarity in, what, in their expectations, roles, and goals. 
and that that needs to be clearly communicated. And please remember, when you are communicating anything to anybody, you can do it verbally, but you have to follow it up in writing. That is absolutely so crucial and key because people will often forget what you say. But if you email them, they can go back on it and you can also refer to it. So you can say, uh, if you remember, I spoke to you about it on this day, but I also followed it up with an email. Would you mind going to have a look at that again? Okay, so when it comes to the those things that I mentioned, the expectations, the roles and the goals, you need to make sure that the organization has goals. Let's talk about goals first. The organization has goals, but also individuals have goals. Because, yes, we're working together. Like I said in number two, we're working to, towards a common goal. However, individuals also need a goal because they need to know that they're striving towards something. And they, they especially progress, they're striving towards progress. So remember that individuals also need goals to work towards. And as a leader, you should not be choosing that goal for your for that individual. They should be choosing it themselves. You can give a little bit of direction. However, if an individual chooses the goal that they want to meet by the end of the year, they're more likely to meet it because they chose it. It's something that they wanted to do. Whereas if you choose it for them, there's no motivation because it's something that you chose for them. It's not something that they feel passionate about. It's not something that they want to achieve necessarily. There is a difference, of course, when it comes to performance management goals. That's different because when it comes to performance management goals, they're on a deadline and they have to feed and you set the goals because it's something that they're struggling with. But that is very different because it's not something that they're going to achieve from, from say, January to December, but more in a six-week period because they're on a deadline. The next thing is the roles. So I mentioned expectations, roles, and goals. Now, when it comes to roles, remember that people need to know exactly what their roles and responsibilities are. And if they don't, then it's they constantly going to cross the boundary or the, they're constantly going to cross lines with other people as well because then that one's going to say, well, I thought that was my job. And that one's going to say, well, no, that was my job. Or that's not my job. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> So, yeah, definitely roles and responsibilities need to be uh, needs to be clearly set out. And when there's ambiguity in roles, it can actually lead to confusion and inefficiency. So people really need to be clear on what their role is, what their responsibilities are, and if there's deadlines, what those deadlines are. And then the expectations. So I mentioned before about expectations. So if you by expecting your team to do something but you haven't communicated it, then you're going to be disappointed because they're not going to do it because you didn't mention it to them or you didn't tell them and you didn't follow it up via email, okay? So just make sure that you, anything that you expect of your team, please make it realistic, but obviously you can you can push them out of their comfort zone. You're allowed to set deadlines and things like that, but it needs to be realistic. Please go and have a listen to episode eight and nine because that's going to be very important for you when it comes to setting expectations with your team. Okay, so the fourth C is consistency. Okay, love that word, consistency. So as, as a leader, number one, you need to be consistent in your actions, in your decisions, and your trust of your employees. Sorry, I mean the treatment of your employees. So you need to be consistent in your actions, in your decisions, and your treatment of your employees. Because remember, if you're going to be inconsistent in those things, then your team will not trust you. If you're inconsistent with your actions, 
So one day you do one thing, but another day you do another thing. If you're inconsistent with your decisions or you're, you're inconsistent in the way you treat your employees. So for example, the dealing of gossip or the management of gossip. Let's say today Mandy gossiped and you were really hard on her and you, you kept her so accountable. But tomorrow Sarah gossips, but you do nothing and everybody sees that. So they're going to think, well, is she friends with Sarah? Is she favoring Sarah? Why didn't she do anything with Sarah? She didn't even speak to her. She knows this happened because somebody reported it to her, but she did nothing. So best make sure that you are consistent in your approach with your team. But also, you need to be consistent in terms of policies and procedures and in terms of following through with that. But then also the policies and procedure itself needs to be consistent. So for example, you can't have a policy one day and then tomorrow the policy changes and then a third day the policy changes and then the fourth day the policy changes. So it can't work like that. Obviously, there's a process in place when it comes to policies and procedures. So policies and procedures won't be able to change like that. I think you know that or understand that. But the point is there needs to be some stability with regards to the policies and procedures. So when it comes to then the consistency, I spoke about you as the leader, but remember then there needs to be consistency from your team. So you can communicate to your team about consistency and that they need to be consistent in their actions, but you then also have to practice what you preach. Okay, so make sure that when it comes to consistency that there is fairness in place. So fairness when it comes to treating the way you treat your employees. Fairness when it comes to ensuring policies and procedures are applied consistently. Fairness when it comes to building trust and a sense of equity in your team. So just make sure that there's fairness, all right? But then when it comes to your leadership style, again, like I mentioned, you need to exhibit consistent behavior because your team are looking up to you for guidance and especially the younger employees remember the younger employees are just learning how to navigate work especially if this is if this if you are their first boss or if you're their first leader they're really looking up to you and you are going to set the tone of what their expectation is going to be of any other leader in the future okay so it's quite crucial that you are consistent because then they will follow suit then they are consistent as well when you when you realize that your team is not consistent speak up absolutely keep them accountable for it and speak up because again we need to keep our people accountable we're not going to be able to create this amazing workplace culture a high performing team if us and our teams are not consistent with what we're doing in the organization okay so then number five is camaraderie okay so camaraderie is really great i've i've spoken about how your employees and your team are similar to a family okay and I know that there's controversy surrounding calling your work your colleagues a family because people don't want to get in so involved with their colleagues and they also see they feel like their lines are blurred when it comes to seeing your colleagues as family but if you've heard anything of what I've said before I hope you understand that what I mean by that is that if we can see our if we can see our colleagues in a similar manner to what we see our family basically as human beings with emotions that also have things going on in their personal life that they're carrying around with them okay and there's a say there's a saying that says in a world where you can be anything be kind then if you be kind at work then 
the world will, the, the workplace will just be different okay so when it comes to camaraderie it's just creating that positive atmosphere at work where people feel like okay this is a professional working environment but I can I can be myself. I can relax because I'm not being discriminated against. People accept me for the way I am. I can practice whatever religion I want. It's that whole feeling of okay, you know, I'm accepted here. And camaraderie, you can really build that through team building activities again, shared celebrations, friendly work environment that basically contributes to just a sense of community. So if it's a, it's like a sense of community. And I've heard this so many times before with my employees and I'm still in contact with one of my employees and she says it felt like you were my family. Yes, you were my boss and my leader, but you felt like my family because you true I felt like you truly cared for me. But I also knew that you would always keep me accountable if I did something wrong. There was no doubt in my mind that you would do that. You did not favor anybody. And that's that's really nice to hear because it meant that I was able to strike that balance between really you know, building that camaraderie in the team, but also people still respecting me as the leader. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's, look, we're not, and and I mentioned just now before about, you know, being able to be, practice whatever religion you want. And, and yes, I, I know that everybody listening to this podcast is women of faith in leadership. Okay. But not everyone we work with are going to be Christians and we should be, also respecting that type of diversity and I worked with many non-Christians and I didn't make it an issue at all they if they wanted to celebrate their cultures and bring food in because it's Diwali or because it was um, Chinese New Year or because it was you know there's so many beautiful cultures different cultural events and things out there i allowed them to because it it really created that sense of camaraderie where people felt as if i'm valued here i'm respected here and people are not going to judge me for my religion or for my cultural practices or for the type of food i eat or for my skin color so having a sense of camaraderie in your team is really going to create this beautiful workplace culture where everyone's just going to feel valued and then I kind of already alluded to the last C, which is caring. Okay, so when I spoke about the kindness, I really mean that we should look out for the well-being of our employees, but they should also be looking out for each other's well-being. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with if you can see that your teammate or your employee is, is mentally not doing well or physically not doing well, to speak up. We're not going to expect them to continue with their work at a 20% capacity where they should be at 100%, but they're at 20% capacity. They're so committed. They're coming to work. That's at least that 20% of them is still there, but the other 80% is at home with a, you know, worried about a, a pet that's in, in at the vet or about a partner that that has cancer or anything like that. So just really caring about the well-being of our employees and about our team members means that, again, it's this workplace culture where we can feel like, okay, well, the people at my work actually really care for me. And I personally have found and seen this with my own eyes and experience that if you truly care about your team members and about your employees, they will do their work. And they will want to do more than their work. 
They'll want to give more than what's expected of them. Why? Because people at this job care for me. People in this year, it's a family. We care for each other. So I'm going to give my best because these people really care for me. So ultimately, I never had to nag my team to do their job because they wanted to do their jobs. They wanted to do it because it was a caring environment where people actually cared about each other. There was camaraderie. There wasn't always consistency, I'll be honest, but we we tried our best. Everybody tried their best in terms of consistency. I mean, I've shared, for example, how I have um, (laughs) not handled some situations well with some staff members. That was a bit inconsistent for me. But again, that was, you know, situations that happened that affected that. And I always came clean afterwards and said, you know, I, I, I behaved in this manner and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still just a human being, so I'm really sorry about that. So I was also able to identify, obviously, where I dropped the ball. But, yeah, so just in terms of caring, a great way that you there's a couple of things that you can do is you can create employee well-being programs, for example, where you can have wellness initiative and free counselling services, flexible working arrangements, you can encourage work-life balance. There's many as very various ways you can do that these days, and I know that it's there's a lot of talk about will you ever go and work for a company that's not willing to give you work-life balance, or will you ever be willing to go and work for a company again that doesn't offer work from home opportunities, even if it's at least once a week. So the landscape of work has changed due to COVID nineteen. Thank you very much. So we need to be honest with ourselves and recognize that the, that things are different now, different prior to COVID. And people and, empl- and our employees and our team members have gained perspective over what's important in life. And if we are not going to gain perspective as leaders about what's important to our team now and how we can make sure that we still have a great workplace culture, then we'll struggle, then we'll absolutely struggle as leaders, because we cannot have fixed mindset as leaders. We need to have growth mindsets. We need to keep up with the change of pace of life, and we need to move forward with the time. So I'll just recap those six C's for you. Number one was communication. Two, collaboration. Three, clarity. Four, consistency. Five, camaraderie. And six, caring. Okay, so that is the end of the episode and I would like to invite you all to just come and join the Facebook group. I'd love to chat with you all there. Come and share with me which of the six C's do you already employ employ in your job or in your workplace or in your organizations and which of the six C's you are going to strive to work towards. Now, I'm very excited because on Thursday... I will have my very first guest on the podcast. So I'm very excited to share my very first guest interview with you. And I would also like to open up the floor if you would like to be a guest on my podcast and talk all things leadership, boundaries, faith, or workplace culture, then I'd like to invite you for an interview. So it's basically a chat where we're just going to chat about one of those four things. We won't chat about all four. And if you have a strength or you've got a story of you or you've got anything you want to share surrounding your faith as a leader 
or leadership itself, boundaries or workplace culture, I'd love to have a chat with you. And if you're feeling nervous, that's okay. Because believe me, I was very nervous when I started my podcast as well. But you get quite comfortable and know that you're actually just talking to me, but you're also talking to other women of faith in leadership. So it's like having a coffee chat and it's just it's just chat. There's no set questions per se. I've got kind of an idea of where I want things to go, but it's open. The floor's open and I'd love to talk to my listeners wherever in the world you are. We will find a time. I have got, I've arranged an upcoming interview with a someone truly amazing and I'm getting up at 3am to have an interview with this person so (laughs) that interview will take place in December actually so I will let you know when that interview comes up and I've got so yeah I've got three interviews lined up but the first one coming up on Thursday and then if if you would like to be on my podcast and have a chat with me about leadership faith boundaries or workplace culture then click on the form there's a link in the description below where you can apply to be a guest on my podcast so it's a great opportunity for you to speak up and about leadership so if you want to be anonymous you can be anonymous as well that's okay or we can use your name or you can use a sweeter name that's fine with me as well but I think I, I just really feel passionate about giving other leaders, women of faith in leadership, the opportunity to talk as well and to share their journeys. I'm not the only one that has something to share. You all have something to share as well. And you all have some amazing stories and victories that you have to share as well. So click on the link, apply to be on my podcast, and I will be in touch with you. The link will take you to a form that you can fill out and I will go through the form, check if it's a good fit for me and for the podcast and for the listeners, and then I'll be in touch. And then I will send you the link where you can book straight into my diary and we can then have a chat. And and some of the times on the podcast might not suit you. So if it does if that if it doesn't suit you because it's the middle of my day here and it's the middle of the night there for you, then email me and we can kind of come to some sort of an arrangement where we can, where I can wake up at 3am in the morning to interview you. <laughs> okay, so I look forward to uh, receiving those applications and I'm excited. We've ranked in a couple more countries, so that's very exciting. We've now ranked in New Zealand as well. So there is, I think there's now 12 countries where we've ranked in. So that is super duper amazing. The Lord is doing some work here and it's amazing. He is amazing. Praise God. I'm so loving everything that he's doing with this podcast. And I actually look forward to see what 2024 will hold in. So watch this space because in December I'll be doing an episode about 2024 and about the podcast and just cast some vision for the podcast and and I'm going to spend some time hearing from the Lord what he wants me to do with this podcast in 2024. Okay, so I look forward to sharing the interview with you on Thursday. Please stay tuned. I am very excited to have my first guest on the podcast and I look forward to receiving your applications as well. All right, bye. So much for listening. If this podcast blessed you in some way, the number one way you can thank me is by leaving a review. 
Your feedback means the world to me and lights me up every single time when I read it. And it makes me want to keep going. So please leave a review and your review will also help other Christian women in leadership find the answers they are looking for. So whether you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the review section and leave that review. Then head over to womenoffaithinleadership.com and join our free Facebook community. And I look forward to engaging with you there.